Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh, gal. (laughs) We were just hooting and hollering. Today. each other up before we started recording. Today I went and got gas. Oh, same, actually, at Costco. Oh, good for you. I don't have a membership, but there's a gas station right down the block. And I definitely did. uh, I don't even know what he was asking me, but I gave. I don't remember. But I remember in earnest just going, oh, yeah, no, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) like i'm sure he asked if i had like a good weekend or something i was like oh yeah no yeah (laughs) say that all the time i don't think twice about it not even a little bit we all completely understand like you've seen that like uh lexicon of the different yes and ways to say yes yeah Yeah. oh yeah no yeah oh yeah no yeah no is no Oh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, is like absolutely yes. (laughs) It's like an abbreviated version of, yes, I know what you're talking about. No, don't worry about re-explaining it to me. Yeah, I'm I'm still on the same page. No, don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, yeah. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) That was a great way to explain that. (laughs) I also didn't know that Ope was specifically a Midwestern thing oh, until yeah. Oh, yeah. No, after yeah. we started this podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how ingrained into my identity it is. I yeah. mean, I'm not even oh. from here and it's ingrained into my identity. Yes. You, you are now. I though. am now. You were I'm, little when you I'm converted. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I've fully yeah. converted. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. No, I'm from here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She plays for our team now. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> you no, got yeah. the toaster. You're in. Oh, yeah. No, I got the letter jacket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. Apropos of absolutely nothing. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very special fan pick this week brought to you by... I never know how to say this. Levi. Name. Levi. Oh, do you think it's Levy? Sometimes I think as it's in Levy. Eugene. Yeah. Well, I, sometimes I think Zoe is Zoe. Well, it's hard. <laughs> it's a cool name. I just it's a beautiful always name. freeze when I have to pronounce it. I always say Levi because, gosh darn it, I love their jeans. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a no. good pair of slacks. Oh, no, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. No, for sure. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, so, <laughs> Levi has selected Strauss. the topic of... <laughs> Darknet crimes. Y'all, I wanted Ooh. to find something way cooler and couldn't. So <laughs> my section is fucking dumb. Just get ready. Well, the Mine's whole pretty point interesting. Of the darknet is to is, not find is to stuff. Not, is to not find so stuff. So I definitely <laughs> did it right. 
Yeah. Right. I didn't yeah. attempt no, yeah. to find no, yeah. it. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I hope we will learn more about it from Lucy's section. Oh, oh you'll yeah. learn more than you ever cared to know. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> more yeah. Than you ever yeah. wanted to. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> So first, Amanda, what is our wine crime pairing for dark nut crimes? Yeah, well, since the dark <laughs> nut is most commonly used as basically an internet black market, mm-hmm. I looked into we'll get well, to it. I know we'll get to it, but like that's the most like common that's shit is like finding fake IDs and shit like that, <laughs> and drugs. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> You're both so annoying. <laughs> so I selected Black Market Wine Company's Collusion White Blend. Oh, Black Market. I mm-hmm. see. I see. This blend is 50% Sauvignon Blanc and 50% Semillon Blanc. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've paired much Semillon Blanc, so I thought I'd give some uh, info on this varietal. Nice. This is a classic French Bordeaux varietal that is often used in blends to give a crisp, dry product that is super drinkable. It's going to go great with hat dish and mac and cheese. Oh. This grape is most widely grown in France and Australia, mate. (laughs) And this particular bottle has aromas of fresh cut grass, grapefruit, lemon zest, vanilla, and peach tea. Okay, well, those are some of my favorite things. Fragrances and and flavors. It reminds me of the array of body sprays from The Gap in the mid-90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Peaks. Well, I mean, the cut oh, grass, yeah, obviously. No, yeah. Cut grass was a big hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All grass the stain. cool girls had cut grass. The, fe- the fresh, fresh grass. And also CK1. Was that what it was called? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. I can a, still smell it. And Ralph Lauren. I was a love mm-hmm. spell from Victoria's Secret. So yes. fam. So fam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was. I was a... Fresh grass, cut grass, whatever. Mm. Kenyon was a fan. Kenyon was a gap. The grass. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think I was the Ralph Lauren, the the in the in the sh- really short bottle with like the teal around, mm-hmm. and, and I was trash. Oh, Clinique Happy. Yes, you were obsessed yes, with that yes, scent. The Clinique Happy. You're right. But like you only had the sample bottles. Mm-hmm. No, actually, Kenyon gave me the full bottle for one of my Christmas gifts one year. Wow. Wow. That's definitely one of the best gifts I've given you because I've given you some shit gifts. You've <laughs> given me a lot of shit gifts. <laughs> and then like an occasional <laughs> great gift. Hey, once yeah. a decade is all it takes. Yeah. It's memorable. That's all uh, that clearly matters. Clearly it's stuck in my mind the yeah, one time you gave like, me an excellent gift. Yeah. That was 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I've given uh, you like least. two good ones since then. Yeah. I think as we get older, we kind of come into our own. We care more. We have our own disposable income. Sure, 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 sure. Oh, yeah, sure, no, oh, yeah. But uh, (laughs) I don't think I'll ever forgive you for steering my high school boyfriend in the very wrong direction. You know, I will never forgive myself. Oh, the Tiffany one? (laughs) 
So, Tiffany. it's really, you don't need to drive it home because I feel that more acutely than you ever could. Legend <laughs> legend has it that that bottle is still full and sitting inside of a teal, uh, a robin's egg blue bottle. Oh, no, 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 no. That oh. wasn't actually a beautiful gift and it was a necklace bracelet set. It uh, was like a scarlet red Swarovski crystal. I thought you also got Tiffany perfume. Yeah, but I love that. Oh, okay. I okay. asked for that. Okay, okay. <laughs> No, this was a necklace bracelet set. We don't looked... need to rehash the whole <laughs> thing. We do. I'm sure Tell me more. We have on the it's podcast. A, it's currently at a Goodwill have. somewhere in the <laughs> west suburbs of Minneapolis. Oh, oh my but, god, that's uh, amazing! I love it. I, let's anyway, just say I didn't get too attached to it. <laughs> well, clearly, you gave it to Goodwill. <laughs> I still have the perfume. I love that thing. Good for you. Okay. On the palate, you'll find great acidity <laughs> oh with flavors God, of lime, we were grapefruit, ginger, we and that, gooseberry. That we were recording. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a wine with precision and focus, beautifully balanced, focus. and with a, a long and lingering finish to this story. I'll say. She's a lightweight at 11.8% ABV and retails for 25 bucks a bottle, which is a steal of a deal for how small batch this is with only 80 cases made. Wow. Wow. Shall we crack? Let's do it. We need that focus. No tools necessary <laughs> except the hands on your wrists. <laughs> oh. oh. It's nice. almost, one could say, a spritz. Oh. <laughs> a nice crack. It's a nice crack. It's spritz in the sense that I almost sprained my wrists. Mm. <laughs> I still have sunscreen in my goddamn eye, which caused the lady at the drive-thru today to ask me if I was okay because she thought I was crying. <laughs> well, most I'm sure she and you were a lot. at McDonald's eating in yeah, the parking lot. That was, was the other half of the. You know of what? I earned it. I had to go through some private part. Doctor's visits with a speculum, and I got my flu shot today, and I earned that McDonald's. You did, and I'm sure that woman has seen a lot of people crying in the McDonald's (laughs) drive-through. Like that's not new. I know (laughs) she was very sweet to ask, but Mm -hmm. it was sunscreen, and now it's still sunscreen, and now I might actually cry because I'm so fed up with the sunscreen. You need some eye drops, my friend. Okay, all right, get a grip. I'm going to try to get a grip during get Lucy's case. What is our background and maybe psych for dark net crimes? Hello, dark net, my old friend. No psych. <laughs> okay. The dark web, also referred to as the dark net, is an encrypted portion of the internet that is not indexed by search engines and requires specific configuration, software, or authorization to access. Tor, baby. Oh, the so onion. We'll get to Tor. So there mm-hmm. is not like you got the door. Anise. You got the door. door. So I what, don't know what? what's happening. So there's not like actually a search engine for the dark web. There are. You need like extensions for your browser that keep you from being traceable to get on it, basically. Yeah, there are search engines, but the dark web in general is super slow. Yeah. We'll get to why. And also, so that their search engines would be even slower. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, so you kind of just have to know the the web address that you are going to. Exactly, and we'll oh. get to it. So although the dark web is sometimes portrayed as a domain frequented by criminal elements, it is also used by people who require privacy for entirely legal reasons, such as the exchange of proprietary business information or communication by political activists. We'll touch on this again later. Uh-huh. Um, but before we get too far, I just want to give a quick clarification. The dark web and the deep web mm-hmm. are similar, but they are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. So neither one is accessible through a search engine like Google or whatever. But the deep web only requires a standard web browser. So deep web is just accessed by uh, specific URLs. So anything behind a paywall or a site that requires credentials to access is considered the deep web. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so examples hey, Our be, Patreon is the deep web. Yeah. So examples would oh. be, or even the back end of our website is mm-hmm. the deep web. Oh. So medical records, fee-based content, membership websites, and confidential corporate web pages are some of the kinds of things included in the deep web. Very interesting. Never knew or thought about that. Mm-hmm. Well, so this one will blow your fucking gourd off. <laughs> it's it's oh, estimated okay. that, that roughly 95%, and I read statistics anywhere from 90 to 99%, but I'm going to go with 95% 100%. of the internet is deep web. Mm. Jesus. So we yes. have barely... It's tip of the iceberg, baby, what you're seeing on on yeah. Google. What you and I have regular casual access to is literally the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. That is so I believe bizarre. That. Another source that I read pegs this as uh, 400 to 500 times the size of the quote unquote clear internet, which is the indexed internet, the regular internet. Mm-hmm. What? So That's deep- wild. Deep web could be 400 to 500 times the size of regular web. But when you think about everything that Lucy just said is is included in deep web, where it's like every database, medical records, and those right. are not one big hub. That is like, that's going to be different at every hospital, every right. medical center. Like, that yep. makes sense. Like, the deep web is like credit card information, government it's websites. It's your online like, banking. Yeah, your online it's banking. It's your Acorns yeah. account. Yep. It's like all, all that. of that stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Mind yep. blown. Yep. So that's the deep web. That is not what we're discussing today. Mm-hmm. It's deep, but it's not always dark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The dark web, which is also not always dark, mm-hmm. on the other hand, is intentionally hidden and requires special software the correct decryption key, access rights, and the knowledge of how the fuck to navigate it because, like I said, it's slow for mm-hmm. reasons which we'll touch on later. But it's also, I mean, it's it's not the regular web. It's not always super intuitive. It's usually not built by software engineers to make it really easily navigable. So you, know what I mean? you can't like ask Jeeves to take you to the dark web. <laughs> you can't Absolutely go to altavista.com and right. type in take me to the dark web. Right. Well, the <laughs> well, whole point of it is to have internet privacy anymore. So that oh, might be true. a backdoor, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's used for now. <laughs> okay. So it's literally impossible to tell for sure, but experts estimate that the dark web accounts for about 5% of the internet, which mm-hmm. is still a big percentage when you consider the internet. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And so 
Another distinction that I want to make, the dark web is the World Wide Web content that exists on dark nets. Mm-hmm. Which, so dark nets are overlay networks that use the internet, but again, they require specific software configurations or authorization to access. An example of one type of overlay network is peer-to-peer networks, if you've heard of that phrase before. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So peer-to-peer networks fall under the category of a social network because each participant, or what they call a node, is talking to each other. So they're kind of on the same like level. They communicate with each other. Isn't that kind of like when um, kids used to do LAN parties and like bring their computers over to one another's houses. I think so. Kind of. They're all in the same network and they're working together. But then a lot of those parties, like you're still connected to the greater internet and playing with other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the other typical type. I think of that as like a WhatsApp chat, which not exactly like that, but like. Mm -hmm. But kind of because WhatsApp is theoretically encrypted, right? Right. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. we're talking about encrypted communications. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what overlaid networks are, basically. Right. Just to have a real basic question here. You say you need to have certain configurations and certain software and kind of know your way around computers more than the average user Mm -hmm. to get to the dark web. Mm -hmm. How does one get that software? Do you oh. go to Best Buy? No, what? you go to torproject.org. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you buy it online. Okay. Yeah, I don't I I think Tor is free. Yeah. I didn't myself download it, but I'm pretty sure it's free. Yeah, it's like and a that web is extension. Different than Torrent. That is different from Torrent and yes, I had to google that myself Tor because is an I acronym. was confused. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're going to get to all of this. Sorry. <laughs> so the other typical type of dark net is an, an anonymity proxy network. Um, so, for example, Tor. So Tor, T-O-R, is short for The Onion Router, which has absolutely nothing to do oh. with the satirical mm-hmm. zine. The Onion. <laughs> the it's Onion. Like layers. So oh. Tor... Okay, like we said, it's free and open source software for enabling anonymous communication. So it directs internet traffic through a free worldwide volunteer overlay network consisting of more than 6,000 relays for concealing a user's location and usage from anyone conducting network surveillance or traffic analysis. So Mm -hmm. I know that this is kind of confusing. Just let me get through this section and then tell me if you have questions. So what's called onion routing was actually developed in the mid-90s by U.S. Naval Research Laboratory employees. It was developed by the Mm -hmm. U.S. government. Makes sense. Plus mathematician Paul Syverson and computer scientists Michael G. Reed and David Goldschlag to protect protect U.S. intelligence communications Mm -hmm. online. And now I'm about to say a sentence that I don't fucking understand, so don't ask me any questions about this particular verbiage. Can't promise anything. Onion routing is implemented by encryption in the application layer of the communication protocol stack nested like layers of an onion. What is there to not understand about that? So basically, (laughs) from my understanding of reading like fucking two dozen articles about this shit, it routes your request. You're like, you know, when you type in Mm -hmm. a URL that sends a request 
It routes your requests through a series of proxy Mm -hmm. servers operated by literally thousands of volunteers. They said 6,000 volunteers all over the world. So because it bounces through all of these different servers, it renders your unique IP address unidentifiable and untraceable. At least less. Because, like, it's still traceable, but it takes a lot more fucking work to trace you. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. It's, so you it's, still it's, leave a little bit of a footprint, always, but it's really fucking hard to track. You're always going to leave one of those fucking forensic files, red fibers from the bottom of the Buick. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're always going to have mm-hmm. a maroon yeah, fiber somewhere it. on your you body. You can't avoid it. Right. Under right. your fingernails. But it, it'll take a long time or a lot of, yep. you know, a lot of manpower and, and resources to track it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like whatever scene and whatever Mission Impossible type movie or Born Identity movie where it's just they're staring at like a giant digital map and something is just pinging everywhere. And it's all like black and green. Yeah. And yes. like Edward yeah. Snowden was a big proponent of like using Tor extensions basically because he's a big like fucking privacy guy. So a lot of like Kenyon said. Because was, he worked for the fucking NS- right. NSA and he what, saw what they're wh- watching. How. They're yeah, watching everybody. Exactly. So a lot of people, like Lucy said, do use it just for their basic privacy. internet privacy, not like to buy drugs yeah. on the internet. And we'll get to well, all we, of this. We used to use a VPN in China mm-hmm. and and even in South Africa just to have a different IP address. Oh, so you can access like so Netflix. Could access and, different. Yeah. So, so that yeah. is an example of an overlay network. And that, and so a lot of overlay networks, not necessarily Tor, um, because I actually have a map of Tor usage on the drive, which will be on the blog. And China is a very, very, very small mm-hmm. on that map. So I think because most of China uses, well, I'm not saying most of China, but most most people in China who use a VPN don't use mm-hmm. Tor. They use different kinds of VPNs. Yeah, we used, it was cheap, and it was mainly so that we could, like, occasionally access Facebook right. to, like, communicate with family back home because that yeah. was banned. But the government was still monitoring whatever yeah. VPN we were using. It was literally just so I could check Facebook and watch mm-hmm. The Office. That was yeah. the only reason I used it. And it then, wasn't to talk about, like, dissident right. talk. You know? Oh, no, of course not. And when shit started to hit the fan with the Jasmine Revolution, they cracked down mm-hmm. hardcore. They cut so, off our internet for a month, and that was with us using the mm-hmm. VPN. Yeah, so the, uh, the VPN that we were using was, like, tacitly sanctioned, mm-hmm. I think, by the government, which yeah. was also before Xi Jinping. So they were, like, a little more loose about things. It was Hu Jintao, and he, like, wasn't such a hard ass. But well, it was Xi when we were there. No. It wasn't? Nope. Oh, I didn't know who the president was in the country I lived in for a year. That's fine. Not a big deal. <laughs> I really thought it was she. Okay. I mean, I don't think so. I could be wrong. Let's yeah, see. It doesn't really matter. Let's okay. she. <laughs> uh, okay. So Tor was first launched in September 2002, and they made it public a year later. Tor actually welcomes attacks by hackers exposing vulnerabilities in the system. And in fact, these attacks, these like punctures in the system are an active area of academic research. Mm. So Xi Jinping became whatever leader in November 2012. Oh, well, I was super wrong. That's fine. Whatever. We're not we're not there anymore. So we out. (laughs) We out. I'm able to freely Google literally anything. Who is the president of China? Yeah. (laughs) 
So Tor is not meant to completely solve the issue of anonymity on the web, on the web, as Amanda said. It is not designed to completely erase tracks, but instead to reduce the likelihood for sites to trace actions and data back to the user. Mm-hmm. Tor is used for illicit reasons and also for completely, totally fine and normal mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's funded by various agencies within the U.S. government to this day. Like sometimes when you're living in South Africa and you just really want to watch BBC iPlayer episodes of Vera uh, and you can't access them outside of. Yeah, I I know how that is. It's really upsetting. Uh, Yes, I feel so seen. (laughs) (laughs) So legal or quote unquote normal users might include people who wish to keep their internet activities private from websites and advertisers, because as we know, your fucking phone is listening to you. It's Mm -hmm. horrifying. Mm -hmm. People concerned about cyber spying, users who are evading censorship, such as activists, journalists, people with English majors who graduated in 2009 and couldn't get a fucking job in the Mm -hmm. United States, so they went to China for a year. Mm -hmm. I do feel seen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Victims of domestic abuse and the social workers who help them so like people mm. who have stalkers for example <gasps> they they might use tor to just get to just not yeah, be i mean traced apps, or at least apps as easily like signal are basically i don't know if it's a, a specifically mm-hmm. tor but it's the same concept mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well tor is one of of right, many exactly. programs like this it's just mm-hmm. maybe the most mm-hmm. popular the it's very widely mm-hmm. used I wonder if, like, witness protection I'm sure. people. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Also, military professionals who, for whatever, like, various reasons would mm-hmm. want to be not mm-hmm. traced. Mm-hmm. Illegal activities include privacy protection or censorship circumvention, like if you were an English major in 2009 and fled to China for mm-hmm. a year, mm-hmm. as well as distribution of child abuse content, drug sales, or malware distribution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. According to one estimate, quote, overall, on an average day in an average country, about 6.7% of Tor network users connect to onion slash hidden services that are disproportionately used for illicit purposes. So it's not coming right out and saying that, but around 6.7% on any given day is being used for mm-hmm. bad stuff. That is way less than I would have mm-hmm. thought. I know. So that's why, like, people think of, like, the dark web, the dark net as, like, I'm going to go buy a cocaine Well, yeah, because the it's word like dark not, doesn't, it is not standing for bad. It's standing for hidden. It, yeah, right. it's standing for not mm-hmm. transparent. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's fine. Interesting. So, like I said, if you're interested, you can download to- the Tor browser for free at torproject.org. Hmm. And it is not illegal mm-hmm. to have that on your computer. It is not illegal to yeah. use it. So... If somebody is doing like a forensic computer thing on your computer and you have the Tor browser, is there a browser history on your computer? No. I imagine mm-hmm. there. Nope. It doesn't oh. save or capture anything. It doesn't save yeah. your cookies. It doesn't save your history. It everything. It it pumps everything through that multi-layer mm. onion It's not going to do that real thing. convenient so there, thing on the, Google where if you like start to type a website you've been to before it populates the rest of it. It does not do shit like mm-hmm. that. It doesn't save any of your mm-hmm. history. Interesting. But forensic and like tech go- people can find those trails but it's not as easy as like searching in their Tor browser 
for where they've been. Right. Well, that was kind of more my question. It's like, I mean, if um, like the privacy piece is great, but at the same time, like if people are searching for like, you know, child sexual abuse material, I, you know, you want that to be. And there are ways to find that, but it does take like teams of tech forensic experts to do that because it's just like it's encrypted. So they have to like unwind that Mm -hmm. huge web that Lucy was talking about, that really tangled map. Of 6,000 users yeah, worldwide. Yeah, so it just takes, like, a lot of processing power and way smarter people than anyone we know. Right, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also going Don't back to your question. <laughs> I know, like, maybe one I and a half. I know one and a half smart people. My <laughs> enabled cookies <laughs> browser history. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're not going to get away with Mm-mm. much. Not my concern. Back to your question about the Tor versus Torrent. Amanda, you know more about this than I do, but basically Torrent is uh, a way to like stream It's illegal downloads. That it's illegal downloads. You could use the Tor browser to torrent certain material. Yeah, I mean, you could Mm. use the Tor browser to like find a host site that has the material uploaded to it that then you download. And like when I used to do it, it was like, the website I use allegedly. Oh, I don't care. I totally did it. The website I used was was Pirate <laughs> Bay, and then it would have to change. It would just change like website names or like dot whatever that would move around all the time. Yeah, it would it would bounce around yeah. all the time. And now it's so, completely defunct, uh, and you can't use it anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. I so use watch, it like TV shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like Napster, Winamp, or Kazaa, yeah. like all that shit for downloading music. It was like. You could get music, you could get movies that had just come out. Movies that were still in mm. theaters. Right. Like shows. movies. Right. It was yeah. it was the pre-Netflix, pre-Amazon, like, you mm-hmm. know, era. Yeah. But I feel like post-COVID, like, now that everything is available for streaming in your home, that kind of stuff just isn't... I haven't needed not to use really it forever because, like, I don't. I'm happy to pay for movies. It right. was more about I don't want to leave my house. Right. right. Or sometimes, like, even if you were willing to leave your house and buy a ticket, there was nowhere to access it. Right. Some things like weren't on DVD or exactly. weren't in theaters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we didn't like back in the day when HBO and Showtime and stuff were only on like a certain cable or like Dish Network subscription for your right. TV. So yeah, we just so, couldn't see certain shit because we're not going to fucking pay for that. So there was also <laughs> a part of there was also part of one of the articles that I read that I think relates to this. So remember when you had your Internet and you had to plug it into a phone jack mm-hmm. in yeah. your house? Mm-hmm. Sure do. So basically at a time, the Internet relied on phone like actual physical phone lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now since everything is like you know, wireless, basically. basically. Now we're at a time when, when phones actually rely on the internet, they've kind of swapped. Yeah. So, so now, I mean, that same goes for exactly what you guys were talking about, like buying tickets, going to a theater, blah, blah, blah. Now everything is wireless, streamable. It's Mm -hmm. accessible from wherever. So like the game changes real quick. It does. Sure does. It's kind of wild how like we grew up in the youth of the internet. And Mm -hmm. I know we talk about this all the time, but like we talk about it all the time because it's fucking mind blowing. It's amazing. And I'm so not like even 
I can barely do computer shit. But like the fact that I'm even able to keep up a little bit is mind blowing right. given like how old we were when this shit started. Mm-hmm. I'm like, always really impressed when I see like a like a 50 year old or 60 year old person who's like in the tech world who mm-hmm. knows what the fuck they're doing. Like, yeah. oh my God, please teach my parents. I know my <laughs> uncle's in his 60s and he's an IT guy. It's like, mm-hmm. how? How? How the energy to keep up? It, it changes so fucking when, fast. When you were little, like, you could only watch, like, The Wizard of Oz once a year on right. TV that was the size of, like, a credenza mm-hmm. and was black and white. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand how you can keep up with this much change. And mm-hmm. as it soon as it sense. went to commercial, you had to race to the kitchen to pop your popcorn and race back because oh, yeah. you couldn't, like, rewind. Or pause. I mean, Just we like, were in dark times, people. The dark we had separate machines just to leave a voicemail for someone yep. and With a tape to in physically it. rewind a bit of film on two spokes before returning one single video mm-hmm. to a brick and mortar store. Well, our was, VHS player had a rewind function in it, but yes, I know what you mean about the separate well, rewind Kenny, box. I was actually jealous of Kenyon's separate one because then you could start another movie yeah, while yeah. your previous movie was rewinding. That was like mm-hmm. actually like poor bouge. It's the height of luxury. Yeah, oh, my that was family luxury. Was, poor bouge is exactly the definition mm-hmm. of my childhood. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I was actually thinking the other day, like, it's only a matter of time before the word rewind goes completely like right. out because it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Well, kids today, I sound so old, but there was something about how like Gen Z and even younger than Gen Z didn't understand why we say hang up the phone. Yeah. Right. Or even the motion Roll for like call up the me. window on a right. car. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, Y'all. we're old. We used Moving to have on. to turn a knob. There's a lot. Okay, be nice to your elders because yeah. we have had, to, we've got whiplash. Okay, also, we Hell invented those wide leg elephant pants. Okay, yeah, we and fucking also, did. Can someone just please confirm that when styles come back around a second time, they like burn out faster? Because I don't know how much longer I can handle bucket hats, mm, the yeah. chokers, the bucket hats. I'm Chokers, over. I'm, I'm fine. Over. I like a choker, but the bucket hats it's need too much. to go. Yeah, it's well, we're done. We're it's done only, with that. It's only going to get worse. Ugh. I mean, we wore like bell bottoms in middle school. Mm-hmm. I'm sure our parents fucking hated that. Mm. Yeah, they did. They I know. Did. Okay, okay. In January 2015, about 15.4% of web-based onion services were related to buying and selling drugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 9% was related to dark net markets, which are basically commercial black markets where users can buy anything, including drugs. And I'm not really sure how they delineated markets versus drugs in this particular graph. Mm-hmm. But dark net markets sold counterfeit currency, drugs, weapons, cyber arms, mm-hmm. forged documents, unlicensed pharmaceuticals, and stolen credit card information. To name just a few examples. That is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The currency for these markets is typically Bitcoin or some sort of cryptocurrency, which is a whole other rat's nest that I I can comprehend it, but I I definitely don't 
actually understand the workings of and it. And I so, don't want to fucking talk about no. NFTs either. No, I don't. No, don't I don't. I enough. refuse. No, no, we we understand as much as we care to understand. Yeah, we don't. I can want only be pushed so far. Uh-huh. Enough is enough. Yeah, please yes. don't email us. We've mm-hmm. already I'm not erupted going to invest. We've no, already erupted over bucket hats. I can't <laughs> with the NFT. We are at our limit. <laughs> Let's invest no. with Bitcoin in an NFT of someone uh, wearing a bucket hat. The no. first person to tweet about a bucket hat. Ish. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. NFTs are just fucking money laundering. I'm just going to come out and say it. Mark my words. I don't <laughs> understand them, and I don't want to talk about that anymore because they make me physically ill. Okay. I mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Silk Road was not the first online ba- black marketplace, but probably the most famous one. Mm-hmm. It was founded in February 2011 by someone calling themselves Dread Pirate Roberts, mm-hmm. which is like a throwback to the Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In June 2011, Gawker pu- published an article about it, and- Oh, classic Chuck Schumer was like, hey, DEA, make them stop. Because he like didn't, hashtag boomer, didn't probably didn't fucking understand. This sounds bad. That this was way easier said than done, Chuck Mm -hmm. Schumer. Yeah, also getting really annoyed with his once a day tweets, today would be a great day for Joe Biden to cancel student debt and doing Mm -hmm. nothing else about it. Mm-hmm. I just your I, performative student debt cancellation activism is not cutting it. Mm-hmm. I just want every. I just I I'm really tired of this entire administration. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. All it's of it. It's better than the alternative. It's better than the alternative. But that is but not saying much. No. Nope. Yeah. Kind of speaks to the state of affairs in America right now. But anyway. also, you have to vote for the Democrats because the alternative is really fucking bad. I mean. <sighs> Yeah, for for us, it's bad. For many other parts of the population, it like doesn't even fucking matter who's in charge. Don't say that. Don't say that. It does matter. We're I mean, moving it on. Matters I can't. Marginally. I can't. It matters. I'm barely hanging on. We have to move on. <laughs> so by March 2013, the the site, as in Silk Road, had about 10,000 products for sale by vendors, 70 percent of which were drugs. So mm-hmm. lots of drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Silk Road actually had terms of service, which stipulated that they would not accommodate the sale of, quote unquote, harmful things. You could obviously argue that drugs are harmful, obviously. But they were a like, lot whatever. Of on the Silk Road, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like cocaine and like MDMA right. and things like that. Well, but, they're harmful drugs, but they were just like drugs aside. But they're mm-hmm. not directly harmful. So things like CSAM, mm-hmm. stolen credit cards, assassinations or mm-hmm. weapons of any type were right. not permitted to to be sold on Silk Road. Yeah. So no things that are like only harmful. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but that also inspired a bunch of other online marketplaces to mm, crop to up in the to, gaps. to sell specifically mm-hmm. those things. And we so, will get to it. That's excellent. So it was also unique in that it had a crowdsourcing component where users could leave reviews for products and vendors in different forums. In October 2013, police arrested a man named Ross Ulbricht. Ulbricht. At a public library in San Francisco. Also, I thought it was funny that he was in San Francisco, but originally the FBI thought that that Silk Road was like, uh, like the IP was in Iceland. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So like they were a little bit off, but that's fine. <laughs> so he was alleged to be 
dread Pirate Roberts. The FBI accused him not only of being the mastermind behind Silk Road, but also and specifically of money laundering, computer hacking, conspiracy to traffic narcotics, and attempting to have six people killed. So Jesus. I guess his personal morals went out the window. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, a bit. The, the I won't let other people do this, but I'm going to do it. The six <laughs> people killed, they actually, I think they ended up dropping that charge because there was no evidence, which okay. like, I mean, evidence I'm sure was very scant to begin mm-hmm. with, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's It seemed to me that the, that the attempted assassination of six people was probably a stretch on the FBI's part to make him sound like an actually dangerous person. Mm-hmm. An actual dread pirate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I, I don't know. There's literally no way to know. So a month after Ross was arrested, Silk Road 2.0 launched. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. <laughs> and this one was silkroad.gov. <laughs> right. <laughs> .onion.gov. .onion.darknet.gov. .edu. This new one was run by a former administrator. That one was also shut down, and that person was arrested a year later. In November 2020, the U.S. government seized over one billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. Whoa! Wow! Connected to which the, the Silk next Road. day was worth seven thousand dollars. 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 I can't. This is a single dollars. U.S. dollars. I can. U.S. dollars. I can't even do that. You're amazing. I can't so hard that I can't, and then I loop back to can't. Yeah. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) So Ross was eventually convicted and is currently serving life without the possibility of parole. Oh, bye-bye. There have been other darknet markets since Silk Road, of course, but it seems like a lot of them involve users getting their Bitcoin stolen. Mm. So what's known as an exit scam, where the market itself can abruptly shut down and just take the buyers and the vendors' cryptocurrency at any time. Don't steal my bits. And that's because no refunds, no fucking customer service is illegal. That's because they keep the Bitcoin funds in an escrow Mm -hmm. between the order and the actual like fulfillment of the product. Right. So at any given time, these marketplaces have a whole fund full of like pending Bitcoin purchases. Yeah, I mean, that's the risk of doing this, like, secretive, encrypted shit. It's not like you're handing $10 into somebody else's hand. Oh, no. You can't can't tattle when Mm -hmm. it's illegal. Yep. Mm -hmm. So regarding the URLs for dark websites, and I'm just plugging this in here because I thought it was interesting. Instead of ending in something like .com or other common suffixes, dark web URLs typically end in .onion, which oh, is a special- I've never heard of that. Yeah, which is a special use domain suffix. Dark websites also have URLs that are a mix of letters and numbers, making them harder to find or to remember. So, for mm. example, Silk Road used to go by the URLs silkroad6owfk.onion and silkroad7rn2puhj.onion. That's basically oh, okay. the password to my Wi-Fi at my house because I just never yeah. changed it from the jumble <laughs> yeah, of letters and numbers that it came with. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. And you'll never remember it and you'll never change it. And nope. So in terms of the e-commerce portion of these dark markets, how does this all even work? 
This is from CSOonline.com. Dark web commerce sites have the same features as any e-retail operation, including ratings and reviews, shopping carts and forums, but there are other important differences, mm-hmm. one being quality control. Mm. When both buyers and sellers are anonymous, the credibility of any rating system is dubious. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like Airbnb there isn't a where manager. you can be like, yeah. A plus would recommend this, bought drugs from this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Got stabbed here once. Would go back. Would go back. So ratings are easily manipulated, and even sellers with long track records have been known to suddenly disappear with their customers' crypto coins only to set up shop later under a different alias. Yeah. I did read also that, like, at least the way that Silk Road first started, they had... It was either a lottery or an auction situation to choose the vendors. Mm-hmm. I guess just to make it l- like less of a guarantee that you would be a vendor. So you're you're already like exposing yourself and being a little bit vulnerable before you're even chosen to be a vendor. So mm. they had to submit some information to. Yes, the- there there is some sort of application process. OK. And there's also some sort of like financial investment so it couldn't mm, just LuLaRoe. be like you or me. <laughs> Gotta buy your Invest inventory. Invest in yourself. Hashtag girl boss. Hashtag girl women boss. empowering women. Pirates <laughs> empowering pirates. If you're not on Silk Road, then you don't support women. <laughs> <laughs> Stay at home mom criminals. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, there was an there there was slash is some kind of application process to vet these vendors. Which okay. in itself is like you're I anonymous, want that job. but it's more yeah, than I anyway. thought there would be. Yeah, so there I is guess. a little bit of there is some level of integrity, at least for what I read, at least for about Silk Road mm-hmm. prior to it being shut down. Obviously, what there ever are- happened to just going to the nightclub oh and God. buying? <laughs> $20 worth of oregano. <laughs> I mean, cloves of garlic. <laughs> I suppose if you're trafficking in higher amounts or <laughs> if you want to be way more safe about it, I feel like you'd be way more likely to be busted by doing that than ordering something online on the dark web. Probably. Yeah. You're yeah. more exposed. The whole mm-hmm. point is the privacy aspect of it. Plus, and as everybody knows, we hate leaving our house. I don't want to go oh. to a club to get some weed. Absolutely That's true. not. That's true. <laughs> a club. Get a club. She said club. I know. I love it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So just to wrap this up here, like I said, most e-commerce providers offer some kind of escrow service that keeps customer funds on hold until the product has been delivered. However, in the event of a dispute, it's pretty much up to the buyer and the seller to duke it out, which like you're anonymous and you're online, that's n- you're not going to get a refund if you get fucked over. Mhm. So Every the escrow c- is kind of just for show, really. Well, it's because there's a conversion of Bitcoin to your actual currency. Yeah, it's required, but it it's it's cumbersome. Yeah, but it does make kind of sense. Yeah. Mhm. Every communication is encrypted, so even the simplest transaction requires what's called a PGP key. And this basically just decodes an encrypted communication. It's like literally a translator app. Okay. 
So even completing a transaction is no guarantee that the goods will arrive. Many need to cross international borders and customs officials are cracking down on suspicious looking packages. The dark web news site deep dot 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 web teams with stories of buyers who have been arrested or jailed for attempted purchases. So like the people who operate in this community, they have forums all over the place where they like communicate with each other like. Don't mm-hmm. buy from this vendor. Don't go on this site. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, they mm-hmm. kind of, like, look out for each other. It just hmm. sounds like so much work. But I guess I'm not, I, you know, I'm not in demand of some right. of these products. Right. So, as in the real world, the price you pay for stolen data fluctuates as the market changes. According to Privacy Affairs Dark Web Price Index 2021, these are the most current prices for some of the data and services commonly traded over the dark web. Interesting. Okay. For a cloned credit card with a pin, you can expect to pay between $25 and $35, Ooh, which is fucking so nothing. Cheap. What the hell? Oh, my God. For credit <laughs> For credit card details, so like banking, accounting, routing numbers, yeah, with with account balances up to five thousand dollars, you can expect to pay about two hundred and forty dollars. Well, Jesus Christ! Stolen online banking login information with at least two thousand dollars in the account will run you about a hundred and twenty dollars. I like how they sort their victims. I'm changing. All of my yeah, passwords. Yeah. I'm going to actually listen to those alerts say that I have to change my password. Uh, yeah. PayPal transfers from stolen accounts will cost you between $50 to $340, I'm assuming, based on how much is in these PayPal accounts. Mm-hmm. People, when we bought our house, definitely thought that I was, like, maybe a drug dealer because... In South Africa, I was getting paid from the podcast in PayPal, like exclusively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're basically evading taxes. <laughs> I was I, like, I wasn't. I was paying my U.S. taxes, but like my only bank account was it soups. Pay- didn't look like was it. PayPal. <laughs> Yikes! And like trying to explain that, I was like, no, I am American, but. <laughs> It yeah, was, but it was oh, a lot. Oh, it's much easier to just have a bank account. Turns mm-hmm. out. Yeah, turns out. So <laughs> you can purchase a hacked social media account from between one and sixty dollars. Yeah, not worth it. You can buy a hacked Gmail account for $80, also not worth it. Yeah, why would you Or you can buy a hacked eBay account with good reputation for $1,000. Wow. Wow, that's pricey. I didn't realize eBay, like, fucking existed anymore, so. Well, the eBay thing kind of makes sense because I think the way that their algorithms work is that you need to have, like, a really great seller's history Mm. and, like, a lot of work goes into your eBay store to make like a true profit on eBay because it makes you like more searchable, like it boosts your SEO. Oh, and okay. like, so if you like pop on eBay on occasion to sell an item every once in a while, you're like not ever going to fucking sell it because right. no one will find it. Mm-hmm. Dang. So it that kind of that makes sense That one makes sense, sense if you want to start 
selling yeah. some bullshit on eBay. Exactly. Like that that's one... all you would get out of that. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. pretend selling some shit on eBay and, and yeah. stealing people's money if you're in a scamming short span on eBay. Of time. Yeah. yeah, if I'm you're scamming sure on eBay and you scams. want a high quality account to make your SEO yeah. super high, that I'm would sure I can see the value in that. on eBay that people. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. And then your store gets taken down. But if you can, like Kenyon said, get a bunch of money from people first. Yep. Then, then that thousand dollars is a worthy investment. Yep. And then the Gmail one makes sense because you know you hope that there's some private information being emailed around, or well, and it's uh, also login. Yeah, that too. Or blackmail, or just like, you know, like a ton of my stuff is just like logging in through via Gmail. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Oh Oh, my God. I'm getting off the internet. I'm done. I know, right? That is my segment. I hope you've learned a lot and maybe a little bit of a cautionary tale. I'm yeah. really scared. I'm too old to come up with new passwords, yeah. people. Just don't <laughs> hack me. I'm not worth it. We're not yeah. worth it. God damn it. All right. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsors, shall we? Let's cool. I'm going to go pace around for five minutes <laughs> and pull at my, like, one string on my sweatshirt that I can't leave alone. <laughs> We all know that it is very important to take care of your health. Mm-hmm. And something that makes it really easy to do that is Care Of. Mm-hmm. So all of Care Of's products are formulated with good for you, clean ingredients that are backed by science. And they come in a cute little pouch. Couldn't be they easier. Are. They're so cute. That little pouch like makes the routine so easy mm-hmm. so like you said they the recommendations that they have for you for your vitamins come in daily individually wrapped packets that are perfect for getting back into or maybe just starting a routine it's incredible and one of my favorite things about care of is their extremely thorough but like very quick and easy online quiz mm-hmm. you know we love a good quiz so Care-of's in-depth online quiz takes the guesswork out of vitamins and asks you questions about your diet, your lifestyle, and health concerns to help you address your specific wellness goals. So like when I started with Care-of, I took the online quiz. I was taking like random gummy vitamins I saw at checkout at the grocery store. <laughs> like I had no idea what I was you doing. You were just in the dark. Uh, yeah. Just I was winging just- it. I was just eating stuff and praying my nails would grow. (laughs) (laughs) And it was not working out for me. So the online quiz was amazing because it really did curate like a perfect pack of vitamins that was just quick, easy. And I actually have like my goals in mind specifically when I take my vitamins every day. And your nails look great. They really do. Mm -hmm. They're so much stronger. So for 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code GALS50, G-A-L-S-5-0. Again, for 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code GALS50 and treat your life. Treat it. I go to a lot of weddings. (laughs) You officiate them. I officiate them, and I'm basically a professional wedding attendee. Mm -hmm. And there are moments that I will always remember, and there are moments, sometimes leading up to it, that can be a little tough to navigate. Mm -hmm. Because it's like not just about walking down the aisle or cutting the cake or dancing the night away. There are a million little moments that really stick with you, not only as a guest, but obviously when you're planning your wedding 
And those are the things that you want to remember the most, like how easy it was to get the FAQ about like where to park Mm -hmm. or what hotels to check out or, you know, where to RSVP because I lose everything. And if you send me something in the mail, it's going to end up in my trash can. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yup. And like your registry, all these things, having them in one place is really the greatest thing in the world. And all of the moments leading up to your wedding day, the most important thing to remember is Zola. Seriously, shout it from the rooftops, people. Mm -hmm. Whatever kind of wedding you're planning, Zola.com is the one place to start. They have got your back for all of your wedding needs. And that is why over a million couples have planned their weddings with Zola. And my husband and I are one of those couples. So Mm -hmm. if you're looking for a wedding venue, they'll give you personalized recommendations. If you want an amazing gift registry, you will find everything you need from classic cookware to cash funds, like honeymoon Mm -hmm. funds. You can get like gift cards for different places. I mean, I loved my Zola registry. And as a wedding guest, I love buying the gift for the couple Mm -hmm. off the Zola registry. Just makes everything like really simple and fun. Mm-hmm. And they can Zola can even help you create stunning save the dates invites and a matching wedding website with like Amanda said all those FAQs in one place plus like cute designs. It's amazing. So so cute. Weddings can be expensive, but planning with Zola never is because all of their planning tools are completely free to use, like a free wedding website that is home to your gift registry, which by the way comes with free shipping and returns. It's amazing. And it's not just free. It's also risk-free. You can get free personalized samples of your invites so you can try them out before you buy. And of course, free envelopes and guest addressing. Amazing. So whatever your style or budget, Zola has you covered. You can think less about the million little things you need to do on your list and more about those million wedding moments you'll always remember. So if you're planning your wedding, here is our tip. Start with Zola. Go to Zola.com slash gals today and use promo code SAVE5050 for 50% off your save the dates. Zola is the one place to start for your wedding day. That's Zola.com, Z-O-L-A.com slash G-A-L-S and use code S-A-V-E-5-0 and treat your nuptials. Trade them. Trade them. Are we ready for the case? Probably not. Usually not. Only a few people die. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) What a relief. What a nice change. Okay. The roots could go much deeper. Okay. (laughs) They often do. Undoubtedly, one of the more disturbing aspects of the dark web is the existence of numerous websites that claim to offer hitmen for hire. (laughs) So the pitch for these websites goes that in exchange for Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency, you can arrange to have someone offed or murdered, all the while remaining completely anonymous because the arrangement will be made using a false name on a site that uses encryption and, you know, all that bing, 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 whatever, system, onion, whatever, Mm -hmm. leaving no trail for authorities to follow. These sites exist in a couple different forms. Some actually, and I had never heard of this one, 
solicit crowdfunding in order to, quote, raise money for the assassination of a specific, like, high-profile person, like a politician Dang. or a VIP. It's a GoFundMe. My God. It's literally a GoFundMe for a hitman to kill a famous person. To murder, like, Deborah Messing. <laughs> That one's bad. How did you come up with Deborah Mess? I that don't is know. Actually, that just popped into my brain. We are mind melding, but like I was that what you were thinking? right there with you. <laughs> and I, I like her. We I must just, protect I, Deborah Messing. I have no issues with Deborah Messing. That was just yeah. the name that, for whatever reason, popped into my right. head. Hashtag let's, save let's Deborah. Start a GoFundMe to raise money to have a bodyguard like guild for Deborah Messing. For I Deborah. don't think anyone needs that, including protect, Deborah hashtag Messing. Hashtag protect Deborah. She mm. has a lot of money. I think she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> so other websites are aimed at individual, quote, grudge bearers looking mm. to book a hit on someone in their lives, like a typical murder. Mm-hmm. However, it is a fairly open secret among those familiar with the dark web that these sites actually provide neither service. They are simply scams, and using one of them will result in nothing more than lost time and money. Mm -hmm. Also, like, just operate under the assumption that everyone is an undercover cop. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Best case, you're just going to lose your money. Worst case, you're going to get fucking arrested. Absolutely. Mm. I actually looked for a case where an undercover cop accidentally hired a different undercover cop to do <laughs> that a would hit, be good. and I couldn't find one, but I'm sure it's happened. I think it has. So, different story, but in 2016, a London man named Christopher Montero decided to do his own digging into these websites. He wanted to, like, research how they worked, not mm-hmm. actually use them. It's purely mm-hmm. academic. Well, it, it was actually. He had like a blog and he was writing about it. So, mm-hmm. well, like we said, using the dark web is not inherently illegal. So, right. Right. So, Montero, who is described in a lengthy profile in Wired magazine as, quote, a tall man in his 30s with thick sable hair, a oh. short beard, and deep set dark eyes. Okay. Sable. I know. What is sable hair? I don't Google know. Sable. Mm-hmm. Horse-like. It's like a stable. Is it salt and pepper? Oh, it's like a mink. Well, oh, so a, it's a real sable soft. is a mink. Hold soft on. and sable. plush. Don't they come in different oh, colors? Yeah. Is that actually not very descriptive? Oh, it just means black. Oh. What the hell? Okay. Get get different adjectives. Get fucked. Get so, fucked. Well, this is like a dark brown. Like a dark brown. Okay. It usually applies to dogs. They have sable coloring. Okay. So this guy with the dog hair is an expert <laughs> on all things dark web. Sable web. <laughs> he, ha- he has a day job as a computer systems administrator and essentially another full-time job at night where he goes home to spend hours upon hours trawling the deepest recesses of the web and then writing about it. Hmm. So in his own words, he is a, quote, cybercrime and niche topic internet researcher, and honey, aren't we all? Hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) after an extensive review of these so-called hitman websites, 
Montero concluded that not a single one of them provided the service that it claimed. Mm. They were all scam sites created either to troll people or to scam them out of Bitcoin or to yeah. like catch them trying to right to off catch their a predator. Spouses. Yeah, to catch a predator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he found no evidence of anybody ever being killed by a hitman hired anonymously on the dark web nor of any hitman who actually worked this way. So, like, hitmen mm. exist, but you just they're gotta not, know a guy. They're they're not like freelancing on the interweb. Listen, yeah, that's the- get him on Home Advisor. <laughs> Angie's list. Yes. <laughs> Which is now just called Angie. I thought it was just called list. I think it's just called Angie. Uh, either way, they awful. they have actually separated yeah, the owners exactly. split. They got the divorced. IP. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. List are now just Andy yeah. and Ray. Ooh. That's a different story. That's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. God, we're dark. <laughs> okay, so Montero wrote a lengthy article about his findings with footnotes on a website called Rational Wiki which is a site that was created in 2007 with the stated goal of analyzing and refuting pseudoscience and conspiracy theories. So I feel like we should all check that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Although I have not yet. So hashtag retweets are not endorsements. (laughs) (laughs) So soon after publishing his article, Montero noticed something odd. Mm-hmm. An anonymous rational wiki user had made an edit to his article, which Uh-oh. changed his central thesis to read, quote, all assassination sites are scams except for Besa Mafia, oh, which is real. Credible. <laughs> oh, my God. And they'd also appended a link to this alleged real hitman site. Montero was pissed. Because mm-hmm, he's like, I yeah. did not write that. <laughs> he worked really hard on this wiki article. God damn it. And so he reported it to the admins and urged them to permanently delete it. And then rather than preserve it in the page's edit history, like permanently delete it. Mm-hmm. And they did. They listened to him. But it was not long before Montero's article was edited yet again. This time it read, An other site is Besa Mafia, a marketplace where hitmen can sign up to provide their services and where customer can order dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. And that is a direct quote. My God. This edit didn't include a link. But it and it the admins like got rid of it, but they let it stay in the pages edit history. Mm-hmm. So Montero decided to do some research into Besa Mafia. So essentially, it kind of worked as like an advertising package. right? Because now he's going to check it out. Well, right? Yeah, you're linking to it. Right. No such thing as bad press, people. Right. Ow. So. Not because he believed it to be real. He knew it was just another scam. Oh, for sure. But he's like, why the fuck are they... Spamming me. Yeah, my spamming article. me. I'm right. curious. Yeah, he's fucking furious. I would fully look it up. Oh, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. So he went to Besa Mafia's homepage, which was poorly designed and written in broken English. The site claimed to be run by, quote, the Albanian Mafia. 
Okay. All of it. Just all all of of it. The one. (laughs) The the whole one. (laughs) And to be offering to provide a range of services starting at $5,000 for a, quote, basic killer and running up to $30,000 for a, quote, ex-military trained hitman with sniper rifle on buildings. You got your basic bitch and your extra bitch. <laughs> My God. I'd go, I'd upgrade to the extra. Yeah. I, yeah. If, if you upgrade now, you could save 10%. Basic is just a guy. <laughs> yeah. Basic is just anybody. I'd be basic for five yeah. grand. Oh, yeah. So after checking out the site, Montero wrote a scathing review of it on his personal blog. Mm. calling it a blatant scam like all the others. It was not long, though, before someone from Besa Mafia found this blog post and reached out. Well, yeah. Sending him an email that read, quote, Hello, H-E-L-O. Halo. Halo. Halo, Halo, Mota. (laughs) I am one of the admins of the Besa Mafia website on Deep Web. Isn't Halo... Like uh, Spanish for ice. I have uh, no I don't Amanda. Think so. El I don't Nino. Think so. I don't think so. Halo is Spanish yeah, for I hair. <laughs> El Nino. Oh, it's Yelo. H I E L O. Yelo. Mm. A little bit different. I was almost there. Real close. Would it be possible for us to pay for a true and honest positive review? Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, I yes, love it that. Yes, it would. <laughs> Let Holy me yeah. know if we can prove to you that we are legit. Okay. Prove to you that we will murder someone for hire. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yes. I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> the email was signed, Yura. Listen, it's hard out there for an entrepreneur. <laughs> so I get it. They're just, they're hustling and I love it. Maybe you gotta. She's get, an entrepreneur. They're you doing gotta the work. get influencers somehow. Her you pay them for their reviews. Yeah, mm-hmm. Amazon so, does it. Yeah, a thousand percent. Jesus, can't trust reviews fucking anywhere anymore. No, I almost made a really mean joke, but then John would just have to cut it, so I don't. I won't say it. Tell okay. us at the ad break. Yeah, <laughs> tell us later. Remember, write it down. So Montero began exchanging emails with Yura, pointing out reasons the site was an obvious scam. Mm-hmm. But Euro, Yura was insistent that it wasn't, writing in one email, quote, we are open to suggestions. We will do our best to make it the best marketplace focusing on body harm, revenge, and property destruction. Are you Wait. Fucking serious. Was that a quote? That's a quote. We aim to be the best marketplace focusing on body harm revenge and we're the best at being the worst. Oh my god! And you can take that to the bank. (laughs) I actually, I love it. I fucking love it. It's a fucking awful, obviously, but it's so blatant that you have to love it. (laughs) I know. Marketplace focusing on body harm revenge is pretty great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we might have to change our Patreon tagline. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the Wait, darknet. Didn't we joke about one tier being like Amanda showing up at your house and slapping you across the face and just leaving? <laughs> yeah. That's it. 
That's it. I provide a quality and real service. So you have to fly. You have to pay for flight, hotel, yes. accommodations, yes. food, all that. And you better be home when I show up. And the 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 show up window <laughs> is large. It's like fucking Comcast. And up she's in here. just gonna show up and slap you across the face and it's an eight hour window. It's sometime between six a.m. and midnight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing up. I would say a thousand dollars a month for twelve months, and we yep. would fully offer it. that. Yeah. Okay. So Yura even offered to have someone of Montero's choice be beaten up in order to prove that the site employed Ooh, actual hit bartender's choice. <laughs> oh my god. Montero declined, oh. and Yura became annoyed, writing, "Quote." Be neutral to our website. Unless you do that, we will pay some cheap freelancers to fill articles and submit posts and comments claiming you are an undercover cop. Okay. <laughs> Far from being intimidated, Montero published the entire email exchange on his blog. It was not long before this post, too, was found by Besa Mafia. And this time, their response was to post a comment on the blog that contained a link to a video of a car engulfed in flames. <sighs> oh, no. As, like, intimidation. Right, but, but it's just like, like a car. It's just it like just a, a random... car. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, still, but yeah. Although he had gotten into this thinking that ba- Besa Mafia was nothing but some low-level scam artists... He now began to feel a little uneasy because they were pretty like relentless. So they're that's very fair. focused on him, mm-hmm. even though he's just like a blogger. Right. He decided to contact London police to report the video as a threat just in case he had like stumbled into some kind of feud with like an actual criminal organization and needed yep, a, paper a paper trail. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like. I'm sure the Albanian mafia and all of its subsidiaries Wackery. are on the dark web. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. It's what it's there for. It's just, right, exactly. It's just they're probably not going to do something as obvious as, like, mm-hmm. assassinations. Mm-hmm. Well. But anyway. That's what their <laughs> fucking mission statement claims to be. <laughs> yeah, as body harm revenge, but mm-hmm. like maybe, I don't know. And like property damage. <laughs> <laughs> so he kept investigating. <laughs> you guys, you're not ready. You're fucking not ready for this. I'm never ready for anything that's about to come out of your mouth. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Using the username... Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> yes. That's like a famous internet yeah. trope. Oh, I yeah. know. Oh, I'm aware. And so is he. Bodie McBoatface. He sent a message through the website requesting a hit on a fictional person that he named Bob the Builder. Perfect. Can he fix it? Yes, he can. Yes. <laughs> Which is perfect because Yura probably is They're unaware not of familiar. Pick up on yeah. that. Right. Right. <laughs> Through sending these messages, Montero realized that Besa Mafia's security was so weak that it would take almost no effort for him to hack into it. And download their entire message database, which is oh, exactly what yeah. he did. Get it, Bait Montero. Get it. 
Go get them. So examining these messages confirmed his initial suspicions that Besa Mafia was a scam. Mm-hmm. Users would reach out to request a hit on a certain person. They would be told that they needed to make an advanced Bitcoin transfer to prove that they had the means to pay. Right. Once the Bitcoin was received, Euro would begin messaging with the user various reasons why the hit had been delayed. Mm-hmm. And then... Eventually, they'd probably just disappear. Yeah. Uh, well, they got first, nervous and disappeared. First, they'd l- try to level them up. So mm-hmm. he'd be like, well, the you know, you ordered basic and the hitman got stopped on the road for a traffic violation. You know, they're kind of an amateur. Mm-hmm. That's on you. That's I on told you. you to get this. Right, exactly. Then he'd like persuade them to like level up and hire a more professional assassin mm-hmm. and send more money and usually they would oh, I no. always fall for the upsell let me always. tell you always I oh, mean no. I do oh yeah, yeah it's common the amount of times I have added avocado to dishes mm-hmm. that I do not even want avocado on mm-hmm. <laughs> it's absurd so eventually people would realize they were being led on and lost their money and they would demand refunds, which were <laughs> never issued. Okay. Right. Good luck. <laughs> Report them to the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> but reading through all these messages didn't make Montero feel better because, it, you know, yeah, it was a scam, but like all the people requesting these hits. That's fucked up. Were real. Yep. Yeah. So he later told Wired journalist GNM Volpicelli, quote, most scams aren't dangerous or don't feature dangerous people. If you mm-hmm. get ripped off by a Nigerian prince, you're not dangerous. You're just stupid. Right. Mm-hmm. This scam was different, fundamentally different from any scam I had seen before. The people who are using it are the dangerous people. Yeah. More than the scammer himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're getting away. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The clients are the bad guys, end quote. Mm -hmm. So he felt he needed to do something. Also, I've had half a bottle of wine. I'm doing my best. You're doing great. Thank you. So he enlisted the help of a friend, a hacker who went by the name Judge Judy. (laughs) Wait. What if it's actually the Judge Judy? What would you (laughs) imagine if, like, I could see it? She moonlights as a fucking hack. She works for Anonymous. I could see it. I could could see see her in the mask. Yeah. 100%. Oh, I watched a Judge Judy clip recently where. There was a dispute over who owned the dog from, mm-hmm. like, a split-up couple. And mm-hmm. she was like, bring in the dog. Marjorie, the get dog. the dog. And the, Marjorie, the, the, pockets. Ba- the bailiff, brings in this little, <laughs> tiny little white dog. And he's, like, quivering. And she's like, put the dog down. Put the dog down in the middle. Puts the dog down in the middle. And the dog, like, runs to the to the guy. And she's like, well, that settles it. Adjourned. I've seen that clip. I've seen that clip. <laughs> Amazing. It's really sweet. It's I would so be true. so pissed. She's mm. like, a would Jersey run to you name? or Zach? It really would depend on the scenario. Oh, Callie's running to me every time. But unlike Josie, I had years with Callie before we moved in with Bill. Yeah, Zach and I got Josie at the same time. And like, if she is scared, she Mm -hmm. will run to me. 
if she is calm and happy and excited, she will run mm. to Zach. If to she's play. feeling vindictive, she'll run to Zach. <laughs> <laughs> but if she needs help, she'll run to mom. Mm-hmm. Obviously. I feed our cats most of the time, so yeah. I feel like they'll run They're to me. They're definitely running to you. I do well, 100% of the no feeding, one. 100% of the grooming, 100% of the nurturing and loving. <laughs> it's Your fine. deadbeat husbands. All of the veterinary anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that's a strike against you, actually. Yeah, that's then true, you're taking actually. her to the vet. She doesn't like that. That's yeah. true. Yeah, you've you've cultivated fun dad. Yeah. By being the responsible one. This oh, is on you. Absolutely. It's so, so unfair. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back to oh, the assassins. A Back. woman's work. Never done. Never okay. done. So Judge Judy. Well, <laughs> Judge Judy was more interested in taking down the site altogether, Montero focused his attention on putting together a list of what seemed to be the most dangerous clients. Yeah, get them on some sort of watch list. Mm -hmm. Those who were desperate enough to have someone killed that they might take matters into their own hands once they realized that Basa Mafia was a scam. Well, and because even if you take down the site, they're just going to go somewhere else looking for it. Yeah, and these people are like documented trying to have someone murdered. Murdered. Yeah, Yeah, it's a little bit of a big deal. So although he's able to figure out the identities of some of these users, he decided against contacting their targets or leaking the messages online. Okay. And he told this reporter, quote, I was hoping to work with the police, and what I didn't want to be was a hacker who accidentally destroys evidence. Mm-hmm. What if the users realize they were exposed and, like, Yeah, they clear everything out. Everything, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the decision was taken out of his hands in April of 2016 when a hacker who goes by the name BRSPD also hacked into Besa Mafia's message archive because it was very easy to do, as well as the database containing user IDs, server passwords, and admin emails and leaked all of it online. Ooh. Oh, that's great. That's really great. So Montero and Judge Judy <laughs> <laughs> were able to use the additional information leaked that's by their this actual name. I know. <laughs> to further hack into the website. So they they used this to then go deeper and they got Yura's Gmail account. Mm-hmm. Good, they, good get. They copied all of the information they had uncovered and they gave it to the police and shut the website down. Attempting to visit Besa Mafia now would send you to a website that they built that featured just a picture of a rusty closed door and the text, Besa Mafia has closed for business after six months of scamming criminals for their bitcoins and stealing over 100 BTC which is like $65,000. Dang. The site has closed. No one was ever beaten up or killed. Okay, so... <laughs> okay, I believe that. Right. Shame, Well, they said shame, it, so shame. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm into it. I buy it. So Montero attempted to share the evidence he had compiled with police... But these meetings mostly left him frustrated. He, like, brought everything to the authorities and they were just like, we don't get it. Or, like, Mm -hmm. 
this is out of our jurisdiction or... It's been a while since I've said it. Cops are useless. <laughs> but also, <laughs> we, like... We were ad- due. He's admitting to being a hacker. Right. You know, I could see them being like, what are we supposed to fucking do with this? There's just... Info this is why dump? it's like, the cops can't be the only resource. Like, they are not fucking professionals in internet, darknet, They're tracking... Humans. So, like, there's got to be another place you can go to fucking report that shit. Yeah, some of them are, but not, like, if I walk into fucking the precinct in my neighborhood and try to report something like that, it's going to go fucking nowhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's the internet Mm -hmm. and you're talking about a criminal who's scamming people supposedly from Albania could be right. from anywhere. Right. Like what the fuck is, is, uh, are they going to fucking do? Yeah. So they were just kind of like out of their depth. Mm-hmm. And it appeared that Yura had responded to base of mafia being taken down by simply starting a new site. And this one was called crime Bay. And he didn't get any better at his website security. And so Montero was able to easily hack into that one. Amazing. When it wasn't Base of Mafia 2.0. It should have been. Crime Base of Mafia. Crime Base of Mafia. (laughs) And so Montero just got all of that information. Of all the users that Montero had compiled information on, one of the ones he was most concerned about went by the name Dog Day God. Ugh, and this is, hate it. Yeah, this is somebody that he thought was most likely to, like, follow through. Mm-hmm. Dog Day God had spent months persistently messaging Yura about arranging the murder of a woman in Cottage Grove, Minnesota. Shut no the way. fuck. Local connection. Shut the fuck door. (laughs) (laughs) Just have to shut the fuck. I'm so sorry. (laughs) H-E double fucky sticks. (laughs) I'm going to say that from now on. I just made that up. That's good. H-E double fucky sticks. (laughs) It's too good. So he initially requested a staged hit and run accident for this victim, but -hmm. eventually began pushing for having her shot and burning her house down. Mm. He settled. (laughs) The language he used in his messages to Yura was increasingly violent and desperate sounding. Oh, God. Until realizing he had been scammed, he requested a refund, which was never issued. (laughs) <laughs> really? It never is. No. <laughs> Do you want store credit? Credit? Yeah. <laughs> so at Montero's urging, police reached out to the woman, the, the intended victim, who mm-hmm. lived at the Cottage Grove address that Dog Day God had provided. Her name was Amy Allwine, and mm-hmm. she lived with her husband, Stephen. Oh, geez. Who was a church deacon and worked in IT. I don't trust it. He's trying to kill ya. Officers informed the couple that someone had paid $6,000 on the dark web to have Amy murdered, 
But the Allwines said that they had no enemies and no idea who could have been behind this. Mm-hmm. Honey, wake up. <laughs> yeah. It's, you're sleeping with the enemy, honey. Yeah. Not victim blaming, but no. honey, wake up. <laughs> if the police come to you and your husband and, and say someone, someone is trying to hire a hitman to kill you. It's your husband. It's your husband. <laughs> yeah. I have a deep suspicion. Yeah. It's a healthily deep suspicion that it's your husband. Change the locks. Yeah. Change your life insurance beneficiary. Mm-hmm. Move out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So visit your mother for the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the year. Yeah. <laughs> Six months later, Stephen Allwine called 911 to report mm-hmm. that he had found his wife dead in their bedroom. Wow, weird. Helpfully telling the dispatcher, quote, I think my wife shot herself. Mm-hmm. Because that's what women typically do is shoot themselves. Also, like, any time the caller is offering... Saying specifically, like, a, my wife, yeah, has, offering my wife has been shot and my wife shot herself are two different things. I think she was raped and then shot herself. Yeah. 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 Anytime they're, like, offering up an explanation, think it's twice. It's suspicious, Yeah. But the death did not seem like a suicide. And Mm -hmm. upon investigation, it was discovered that Amy had high doses of an anesthetic called scopolamine in her system. Nailed it. And police were able to find traces of Bitcoin transactions on Stephen Allwine's computers. In her digestive tract. Traces of Bitcoin. (laughs) In her... her in her, her stomach lining. revealed. I know, that her was a weird... meal well, was I'll cop to that. That was a weird <laughs> sentence. <laughs> as well as evidence that a user called Dog Day God had uh, recently purchased scopolamine on the dark web. Oh, you fucked. Yup. So Allwine, a.k.a. Dog Day God, was arrested and charged with his wife's murder. Oh, that's sad that she died. It is Because her husband's sad. a fucking asshole. And he's a church deacon. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about that. Ick. At his trial, prosecutors presented evidence of a series of affairs that Deacon Allwine had had, Whoa. as well as the fact that he was the sole beneficiary of Amy's $700,000 life insurance policy. Which, like, isn't even enough money to kill someone over. No. Do but better. people have killed for a lot less. I know. Yeah. It's so pathetic. I mean, there are cases of people, you know, of hitmen being hired in, like, India mm-hmm. for, like, 50 rupees which is Mm -hmm. literally a dollar yeah like everything is relative but like i feel like that was just the added cherry on top for this Mm -hmm. psychopath and he just like wanted to murder his wife the money at that point is just a a cherry on top he wanted her fucking dead yeah so albine was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison bye-bye mm-hmm Montero was really affected by this story. He told the reporter, quote, I had been thinking, well, these are horrible, terrible people who, if you don't arrest them, maybe they will take matters into their own hands. 
I thought that was hypothetical, but then it really happened. Yeah, well, So yeah. he feels like, I mean, he didn't do anything to facilitate this, but he just feels like because the police didn't take him seriously enough that he is like, it's like he got left with the hot potato, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I would feel the same way. Yeah. So he continued to push authorities to investigate the Besa Mafia users on the list he had compiled, but he often faced an uphill battle, including like one very fucking frustrating episode where he was detained for questioning Mm. about the hit that Bob the Builder had arranged as... Oh, my God. Or, like, that he had arranged as Bodie McBoatface against, quote, Bob the Builder. (laughs) I forgot about Bodie McBoatface. (laughs) And he he had to be like, yeah, but obviously this is fucking satire. It's like, yeah, Yeah, but this does not affect my credibility. I've been, like, (laughs) sleuthing in this world intentionally for the last X amount of years. I'm an actual fucking... Allow me to retrace the origins of Bodie McBoatface so that you (laughs) don't think I was doing any of this in earnest. But, like, imagine (laughs) trying to explain that to, like, a bunch of cops. Oh, it would be In an interrogation room where they were like, well, are you Bodie McBoatface? And he had to be like, well, yeah, but (laughs) it's, like, an obvious joke. Anyway, that would be a hard conversation. Yes. Yes. So he eventually found that he had better luck using the media, specifically CBS's 48 Hours, to publicize stories about Yura and the Basin Mafia. And then this led to increased interest from the authorities. And it actually led to some arrests in Singapore, Illinois, Texas. Like, once the media got involved, police got more interested. Shocking. Yura himself was never arrested, He has responded to inquiries by 48 Hours and other news outlets, but he defends himself by claiming that he is, in fact, the good guy in all of this. After all, he scams criminals out of their money and leads them on, Mm -hmm. thus preventing or at least delaying their intended crimes. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Which, like, is true. Mm-hmm. But like you're not a good you're just like an ancillary bad guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like if he wanted to be a good guy, he would report them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just profiting off of other people being bad. Mm-hmm. So Montero continued keeping tabs on all of the Besa Mafia users that he found worrisome, and he set up Google News Alerts for each target's name. So he would know if, like, something bad happened to any of the targets. Mm. And this is how he learned of the death of a 21-year-old Indiana man named Brian Injiroga in 2018. So Brian was a target of somebody, of a user on Besa Mafia. Yeah. Oh. So Brian Injiroga was on this list because a user of the website called Toonbib paid five grand in Bitcoin to have Brian killed. Jesus Christ. And then Brian actually died in 2018. Was killed? Well, Mm. the death was ruled a suicide, and local police concluded that Njiroge, or Brian, who had been in the military, they believe that he stole a gun from a shooting range 
and died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Mm, But when he died, he was in Indiana, which is not where he lived and not where he was. I mean, it was where he was from, but not where he was living. So he was only staying there for a few days while on leave from the military base that he was currently stationed at. Mm-hmm. And based on the messages that Montero had uncovered, the user Toonbib, who like paid for the hit, knew the specific days that Brian would be in Indiana and even which Airbnb he would be staying at. Wow. That's wild. So like that's pretty fucking shitty. Yeah. 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 So when the journalist heard this, Volpicelli, he contacted the Clarksville, Indiana Police Department to ask about the evidence, and he was told, quote, we're done with this case, and that they had found, quote, no factual evidence that Brian's death was anything other than a suicide. So they were just like, case closed, it's a suicide. And the journalist was like, well, what about this ordered hit and the the you know, the guy ordering the hit or the person ordering the hit knew his location. Mm -hmm. They were just like, they didn't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. So the victim, Brian's father, expressed dissatisfaction with this ruling on the son's cause of death. And he like was like, look, there are a lot of unanswered questions here. I don't think my son died by suicide. He pointed to the fact that Brian's computer camera and two phones were never found after his death. Mm. What? Yep. That's sus. That's soup sus. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Brian had a $400,000 life insurance policy mm-hmm. and he or someone had recently changed the beneficiary from his parents, which like is very normal if you're a 21-year-old single guy. Oh, Yeah. To a female friend mm-hmm. for, like, seemingly no apparent reason. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But police have not reopened the case. So it has been ruled a suicide and case closed. Ugh. So based on the most recent reporting available, Yura continues to operate hitmen for hire sites on the dark web, which are definitely all scams. Oh, my God. And according to Montero's investigation into his Bitcoin wallets, Yura, this guy who may or may not be Albanian, has amassed a fortune of nearly $7 million from well, scamming fuck this. people. We're in the wrong business. Right? Yeah. This is bullshit. Fuck this noise. Yeah. And last but not least, according to Montero, Quote, eight people have been arrested for ordering murders through Yura's websites, mm-hmm. his specific websites. Quote, on the basis of evidence Montero passed to law enforcement, one of them, a young Californian named Bo Brigham, paid less than Bo five. Burnham. Oh, God. <laughs> paid less than $5 toward a hit on his stepmother. Oh, wow. my God. That is a bargain. Nevertheless, he was found guilty of soliciting murder and sentenced to three years in prison. So some people have been caught. Like a true Minnesotan, Lucy loves a bargain. I do. (laughs) I mean, it's a steal. It's from Target. It's from (laughs) Home Goods. 
<laughs> it is from Home Goods. It's yeah. usually from Home Goods, yeah. Anyway, that's my case. It's a wild wow. ride. Damn. Nice job. Jesus. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. That really was a lot. My head is spinning. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, then get into Amanda's. Whatever you have for Absolute us. debauchery. <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> Not literal nonsense. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, no. You know what stinks? Having to be on airplanes a lot and then mm. coming home from being away for a work trip and then your house smells different because mm-hmm. your spouse has different cleaning methods than you do. That don't include mm. taking out the trash after cooking uh. a bunch several days earlier. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. So that stinks. But you know what? You don't have to because you can try Native. Yes. Uh, we love Native deodorant. Mm-hmm. Native cares about the products that you put on your body. They're about stopping the stink the right way. And that's the Native difference. You probably already know about Native's legendary aluminum-free deodorant, but have you tried their a body wash, toothpaste, or their brand new mineral-based sunscreen? We love a mineral sunscreen. We do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Native now has a broad-spectrum SPF 30 sunscreen for your face and body. It's lightweight, it absorbs quickly, and you can choose between unscented or coconut and pineapple, which is right up there with my favorite scents. Mm-hmm. Natives on a mission to overhaul your entire hygiene routine by putting the care in self-care with products carefully made to work against odor that are made with simple ingredients and smell great. Can I just say they have like seasonal collections mm-hmm. and the one for the small includes, oh, I don't know, Earl Grey and Mulberry. Oh, oh. matcha Yum. and sweet cream. Ooh, Hi, that's an Amanda. Up. Yup. Oat milk latte. That's oh, a name. there's Kenyon. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. There she is. Yep. And you can also get their deodorant and body wash in those classic amazing scents like coconut vanilla, citrus and herbal musk, which is my absolute mm-hmm. favorite, lavender and rose, and more. You can even build your own personalized product bundles. Mix and match three of your favorite scents and keep them on rotation so you have something for every occasion. That's exactly what I do because they have so many deodorants that smell really good. Mm-hmm. And I just like pick them out based on my yeah. mood for the day. It's like yeah, exactly. it's, fun. it's like a mood ring. Mm, yes. But for your armpits. <laughs> so stay fresh, stay clean with Native by going to nativedeo.com slash winecrime20. Or use promo code WINECRIME20 at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash WINECRIME20. Or just use that promo code WINECRIME20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. And treat your pits. Treat them. them. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. So skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Oh, it is. And the fall harvest is officially on with HelloFresh. 
count on seasonal recipes like pumpkin cinnamon rolls. Oh. Yum. Yeah. And Friendsgiving ready sides, as well as fresh, high quality ingredients that travel from the farm to your front door in less than a week. And speaking of fall, there is one HelloFresh recipe that is my absolute favorite. I made it last night. It's the meatloaf balsamico with Ooh. mashed sweet potatoes and green beans. Um, mm-hmm. hi. Yeah. yeah. Gonna need it. Gonna need it. It's so good. And then you've got those like slivered almonds with your green beans. And just, I put some butter on my mashed sweet potatoes because, hello, fresh. Mm-hmm. You're living your best <laughs> life. I absolutely love these fall flavors. HelloFresh also offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week from vegetarian meals and calorie smart choices to extra special gourmet options. Mm. There is something for everyone to enjoy with recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Gals14 and use code Gals14 for up to 14 free meals, Mm -hmm. including free shipping. I mean, that is a heck of a deal. So one more time, go to HelloFresh.com slash Gals14 and use code Gals14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. And treat your cooking with America's number one meal kit. Treat it. Okay, so there's nothing quite like a search for darknet crimes to really brighten your search history. Yeah, this was a (laughs) tough topic to Mm -hmm. find stuff that didn't make me want to die. Burn my computer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I did find a huge Reddit thread from six years ago that was titled, What's Your Like Deep Web Story? Okay. And while many of them were pretty innocuous accounts of like buying drugs and fake IDs or a couple personal favorites, someone who purchased a mysterious, quote, mind blowing experience off the dark net and received a dust buster vacuum several days later. (laughs) 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 Or another guy who found a dude in Germany selling pretzels on the dark web, like just pretzels, just like dry, hard pretzels. I was like, yes, those are the stories I live for. Um, One item, however, that a user stumbled upon but did not engage with left me creeped and curious. So this is how I went down my first rabbit hole of the dark web cannibal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Alexander Nathan Barter was living in northern Texas and spent his days perusing the web for things aligned with his interests, mm. which unfortunately for the entire universe. The bachelor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> included Burning. rape, murder, and consumption of underage girls. Oh. He submitted a post to like a secret you know, dark web encrypted website hosted on a dark web server inquiring about necrophilia and cannibalism. He would post a message board stating, quote, I would like to try necrophilia and cannibalism and see how it feels to take a life. If you'd be willing to let me kill you and you are in the U.S., preferably in the South, and can travel by car, contact me. I don't wow. want to have to travel too far to kill you to conveniently and eat you. kill someone for pleasure. I mean, so it wasn't just about cannibalism, it was about murder and then and sexual assault. Oh, but yes. Okay. 
I mean, to his credit, he was seeking someone who would allow him to fulfill these fantasies on them consensually. I guess. So. Uh, okay. Along with his posts, he included an encrypted email address for correspondence, and he hit the jackpot when a man responded to him saying he was the father of a young girl and would be willing to offer her <gasps> no, up to Alexander no, no. for the right price. Oh. No. Alexander was thrilled at the interest and questioned this man further, asking, quote, how old is your daughter and can we kill her? <gasps> okay. The girl was 13 and the answer was yes. Why did you choose this? In a series of emails and over uh, several weeks, Barter laid out a plan for this man he was corresponding with, instructing him to bring his daughter to a hotel in Joaquin, Texas, where he could assault, kill, and eat the remains of the young girl. He also instructed the man to pick up a burner phone and some new clothes to wear after the murder and to tell everyone that his daughter had run away from home. Tell me that this guy got this father in the room and killed and ate him. We'll get to it. That would be sweet justice. Oh, I would love that. When pushed on whether he was sure about this whole transaction, Barter responded, quote, I'm not going to change my mind about this. I really want to do this. Alexander left his house on Friday, October 19th, 2018, to go meet the man and his daughter, but was instead confronted by a wall of police outside of his door and surrounding his home. As it turns out, he was speaking to an undercover cop all along. Thank (laughs) fucking idiot. God. Which I'm sure was pretty obvious to anyone but Alexander, who is clearly deeply troubled. Oh, yeah. When I I was... An intern at the National Organization for Women, I was like undercover on some fucking stupid forums, websites about like, you know, illegal massage parlors and trafficking victims where I was like, hey, I remember that I'm I'm big truck 69 what's the tell best hat blonde yeah what's the yeah exactly you were literally tell hat blonde yeah what's the best massage parlor with like young girls who don't speak english mm-hmm. ew Ish. yeah you're so gross and people fucking you're told so me. gross <laughs> i wasn't I was trying to uncover things. I don't know. I You're think you liked so it gross. too much. You're so <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> so Alexander Nathan Barter, age 23, You're plus so- Thanks, guys. You're so gross These are to my attempted friends. coercion. <laughs> we always other you. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy said you. it first, and I thought it was funny. Thank so you I just for recognizing it. how often you other me. Attempted coercion and enticement of a minor and distribution of child sexual abuse material. He was sentenced to 40 years in prison and upon his release in 2060 will require constant supervision for the remainder of his life. Fucking good. He is a fucking psychopath loser. I hate Mm -hmm. that. So this next story is totally bonkers. An innocuous dark web user stumbled upon a dark web site on April 22nd, 2005. So again, this is like early ages of the internet. Yeah. The site claimed that an individual, like the person who put up the site, buried 9,000 pounds somewhere in the UK and that anyone who can follow their clues can find and keep it. So literally a dark web treasure (laughs) hunt. I like this. Oh my God. The site posted a series of clues that started with an odd puzzle that looked like a broken up comic strip. The challenge gets some bites and a user decides to document his experience solving the puzzles and finding the treasure. 
Many of the clues answers could be found in the Chaucer story, The Pardoner's Tale, where three men embark on a journey to find death himself and kill him so that they and their loved ones can live on forever. They encounter an old man who tells them that death is in the forest under a nearby tree, but instead of finding death there, they find a massive hoard of treasure and decide to take it for themselves under the cover of night. But before they can successfully make off with it, greed engulfs them, and the three men end up killing each other over the treasure. So that's like hey, death. Mm-hmm. Chaucer, so, so wise. So wise. I so the moral like of the Chaucer. story being, well, no, but... Well, that's Canterbury Tales. They're pretty should. fucking Chaucer famous. Chaucer was like the original like true crime comedy podcast. Mm-hmm. Pretty he much. He wasn't that funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, the moral of the story being that greed is the root of all evil and like greed is death. So this user solving the story figures out that the comic is actually a depiction of this story, which leads him to a hidden code within the comic that spelled find oak tree by yellow house, London zone Two. Okay. He finds the Yellow House Bar in London and makes his way there. There is <gasps> an love oak that tree. It's a bar. I know. There's an oak tree in the bar's <laughs> outdoor courtyard. I love that too. <laughs> Behind the tree, he finds a box, but it's locked. Of course, he manages to jimmy it open with a pocket knife and discovers a printed note in multiple colors, like letters were in different colors, of a passage from the original Pardoner's Tale story, specifically the passage where the old man is telling the three men where they can find death. The passage contains the line, quote, over there ye shall find him there in the house on the beached whale's tail. Oh. It would take him two weeks to de- decode this and notice that whales wasn't spelled like the animal, but like the place in the UK. Ooh, oh, that tail. took him two weeks? Yeah, Come but on. I think there was other. I, I mean, he's got a full time <laughs> job. But yeah. With it. I know. He drew on a map around whales <laughs> I'm and sorry, saw. but that's. It shouldn't have taken that long. Uh, Yeah. He drew on a map around whales and saw that the area he was being directed to did indeed resemble the profile of a whale. I think I put a screenshot of that on the drive, actually. That's cool. Okay. I feel like I'm on a treasure hunt. Right. Treasure hunt. And uh, there was like, okay, if that you looks looked, like a sperm, but okay, fine. I thought that sure. was a dick when I saw it. <laughs> okay, but like, it. this is a different map. But then, if you look at like a county or like a um, like an overhead view, like a Google Earth map, mm. you can see the different, you know, like the different squares of like looking at an a bird's eye view of farmland, and yeah. they're like different patches of different colors. Well, there was like a specific patch of farmland on this quote tail. That was in the shape of like a house. Oh, okay. so that's the house on the whale's mm. tail. Okay. The whale tail. So nothing to do with thongs and low rise jeans. No, or actual <laughs> whales. Okay. Another clue was in the note with the colored letters. If you only pulled out the letters in yellow, it spelled out, I've been alone so long, but you'll find me now. <gasps> oh, uh, God. Okay, we need to start making like treasure hunts for people to solve. Because yeah. this is fun. I know that I know that M from and that's why we drink. Oh, I've done one of (gasps) M's escape rooms. They're fucking hard. They're fucking hard, but they're so fun. Yeah, very talented and experienced. So yeah. So shortly after cracking this clue, an article pops up in the news that a farmer in Wales uh, found human remains on his farm that upon investigation belonged to a man believed to be in his early twenties with a stab wound to the chest. The body remained a John Doe and the man following the treasure map, like documenting his progress, did not make another post of his progress. 
Could he have met a grisly fate fighting over the treasure that another was seeking based on the online map? Oh, Oh, no. I totally forgot the premise of this episode and mm-hmm. got engrossed in the treasure hunt. Yeah, I got Either way Either way, the person was never identified and isn't that a wild story? <gasps> oh, that's the end of the story? Well, it we is. Don't it was know. A, it was a dark web hoax and a social media experiment oh. and none of it was true. Oh. <laughs> what? No. Just leave that part out. I can't. Let us live. I <laughs> It's not my fault. It was so cool, though, to read about it. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I'm not going to tell them until the very end that none of it's real. I've been alone so long. And now you'll find me now. I know. Don't you wish so hard it was real? Kenyon was so into it. I I know. so into it. I have not watched every season of Vera Stanhope and Miss Marple and fucking (laughs) all of the rest to not solve some all goddamn none of those Welsh words made treasure sense hunt. to me. All the rest. My Welsh sheepdog treasure my hunt. My Welsh sheepdog treasure hunt. I'm my, ready. My, my whale body tail. is ready. My, <laughs> way, my, my whale tail treasure hunt. Oh, you bring in Chaucer. I would have fucking solved that shit. I know. I know. Well, you would have noticed whales right away. Oh, well, yeah. That was so a gimme. last but not least, <laughs> I will leave you with this terrifying real story of is darkness. Is it real? It is real. <laughs> it is real. Promise. I promise. And you'll wish it wasn't. Oh. This is a real story Try of dark me. net activity. <laughs> you will wish. I'm going to make you not love hotels oh. in South oh. Korea. What? Police discovered hidden cameras in hotel oh. rooms at 30 different hotels in South Korea. Hidden all over the rooms in spots like wall sockets, hair dryer holders, and TV like cable boxes. Ew! I gotta be honest that I just assume in every like gas station restroom that I'm on on a poop camera. Oh yeah, I I suck in. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) put on a show. I wish I was joking, <laughs> but I'm not. I really go for it in a gas station bathroom. If you're curious what a definition of fucking patriarchy is, it is. I suck s- in for the secret live stream poop cam in the gas station bathroom. I did. You need therapy. gas station bathroom. On the off it's chance not you're being good. filmed. It's not good. Honey. <laughs> no. I don't suck in, but I I am resigned. I'm just like, well, mm. they're going to see what they're going to eh. see. You do look in the mirror, purse your lips, and fix your bangs. Oh, I do duck face. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I can picture it so clearly. Yeah. You're doing it now. I can sense it. Yeah. I can feel it. Yeah. I can feel your duck face through the phone. <laughs> duck face through the phone. phone. Duck face me to the phone. <laughs> So the footage See you later around, even when I'm alone. <laughs> you guys, this is really sad. Oh shit. <laughs> the footage was being streamed to a site accessible on the dark web to over four thousand viewers. No. Oh Ew. god. Yeah, and it was like a lot of fucking like 
pieces of footage, like over like sixteen hundred videos. God, Jesus! Uh-huh. Like, and that's like sixteen hundred streams from so a like, hotel from different thirty different hotels uh. in South Korea. So the of uh, fucking course men responsible for the placement and streaming. Uh, the placement of the cameras and streaming of the footage were arrested and charged and the rooms were cleared of the hidden cameras and the site disabled. So there's a little something to add to your growing list of anxiety disorder triggering events. Have a great night! <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Also, though, I... This is sick that I know Suck this. Him. But if you have just a... <laughs> Like a flashlight, even the flashlight on your phone, mm-hmm. if you shine it into things like the uh, digital alarm clock at your mm. bedside table mm-hmm. or like any sort of black mirror type surface, yeah, even the mirror, you can if there's find a camera stuff. in there, you'll see it. To be fair, um, <laughs> this... <laughs> Um, this article um, <laughs> to be, be fair. fair to be fair though this article um, did include tips on how to like find hidden cameras in your hotel room and I just didn't include them <laughs> I just Google went, it no, if this episode's gonna be know. too long anyway I'm just gonna leave that part off if people really wanna know how to not be filmed they'll figure it out that's fair Google it I mean it. what but do you actually do? Google it like what do you do if you Find the camera. You're you just, call the you fucking f- police the and, front and the front desk and the police, yeah. and you go to another place. But it's like such a hassle. <laughs> oh wow! Then you suck in, I guess. If you're Lucy, yeah, then just suck in and deal. <laughs> Put on a show. <laughs> you purse Whatever. your lips our, and move on. Our hotel footage would be so fucking oh. boring. It'd be like my IBS and then <laughs> trying to find the blind side on a random channel, but settling for Pawn Stars. But like and half like the time, a really you find bad potato bowl. Half the time, the you find dog. the blind side. Yeah. Also, I know which hotel experience you're referring to. Cincinnati, Ohio. There yeah, I said it. It was Cleveland, but yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. There I said it. Yeah. The bad best potato thing, bowl. Best thing about that goddamn place was my view of Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we nearly killed each other. It was in Cleveland. <laughs> No, after Cleveland, Kenyon, you came to my room and we just kept drinking wine together for like an hour and just screaming. I went too bad. Amanda was done. Amanda was done with both of us. I was done. I needed my space. That was her night. And that was fine. It's fine. Anyway, everybody has that footage. Our friendship is best remote. Cleveland was also the Uh, show that we accidentally had at like a supper club and it was Cleaver Crimes and it was all about cannibalism and and there was like a carne asada taco on the menu and barely people in Cleveland don't laugh or experience joy. It was so rough. Cleveland, are you okay? Crickets. Cleveland. Le- Thank the you. Cleveland Crickets should be all of your sports team mascots. <laughs> Every single one. Thank you so She's much for wrong. coming to our show, but Cleveland, we will never be back. Oh, and then the last time I went through Cleveland just to get out to New Jersey for like a COVID safe weekend with my family, 
Bill and I got a hotel and we tried to order a pizza and we're on hold, but not on hold for 45 minutes <gasps> while people were just beating the shit out of each other in the pizza place. What? And then, oh yeah, I have like a video and Bill has it on speaker of him just going, I just want to order pizza while people are just screaming through the phone. (laughs) And then the lady like comes back to the phone and is like, okay, what can I get you for your pizza? And then I went and picked it up like 20 minutes later alone. (laughs) So Cleveland is a lot. Cursed. You cursed. You cursed. Anyway, Uber drivers, though. Good Uber drivers. Really great. Thanks for listening. Well, we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye bye. (laughs) 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 Fucking bye. (laughs) Bye to everyone but Cleveland. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers. Cheers.